Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shir. But the first thing that my response yesterday, there's not a group of people that I would like to go through the Tishabab experience more than the guys here. And I thank the guys for being incredible guys. I want to put words to it. Chaim said Tishbav's the word of very Chag, and he described it at the end of Tishbav. I'd like to like express the Nakuda, and I could. I want to say the klipa of the thing. Every, a klipa. There's always anything. Anything could have a danger. It's very dangerous. Arshita, be real. There's a danger always trying to be real. That could be the least real. Let go. Let go a little. Be you. Be you, let flow. Be a little not real, be real. Just let the thing go. Let the thing go. Let the thing go. What's, what's beautiful about the guys, and one of the clipas, one clip of being real is holding back a lot and asking, is that real? Knock it off and chuckle your head off and your daven. Is every chuckle real? Just find yourself in there amidst all your chuckles. Just be aware and watch. One of the dangers of being like you guys, and you've changed my life, you're changing my life, a, a guy who's honest, a kid of today, could be very, it could feel very judgy. If somebody walks up, a Rebbe says, and pats you, nice kid. You're, you're allowed to be present to the relationship. That was awkward. That didn't feel good when he said, nice kid. Now, you're not there to judge the Rebbe, I promise. And it will seem Waterbury guys are always judging. And it's nothing to do with Waterbury. Stop saying we're a kid of today. They're feeling. I come from a different world. None of us felt. I promise. I had rebellion that were codependents on me. I didn't even know what codependent. And I felt awkward and I ignored it. I was very good at that. You're allowed to analyze what just happened. You're not trying to judge the Rebbe. You're just being alive. It's a generation that feels, hey, what was that experience? You actually be closer to the Rebbe. You're not judging. He might not know emotions. I didn't, and guys taught me. Guys called me out like crazy. They said, you're not feeling what I'm saying, and they were right. They were right. They would tell me serious things. I'd give a big hug. I said, you didn't feel me. He was right. He was right. He was right. I didn't know how to feel. I'm just learning. The guy was right. He called me out. Now, the guys are not meant because they're trying to judge their parents, judge, they're actually trying to relate to people. And you're this weird thing, you're allowed to relate. And, you, and by the way, when you understand, you end up relating. And you end up, when we say, till I met you guys, it was a bunch of hogwash. I don't, I'm not talking about, I don't have Talmidim. I have Rebbeim. I'm talking about one day I'm probably going to have Talmidim because of you. And I want to say that I could relate to Mitalmida Yaisimikulam because of you. Because of you, my Rebbeim. I want to explain it. I want to explain it. One day, we, I'm watching this summer Yehuda Deitch run around with his son. When a kid's little, the father is relating to a kid. He does not know his son yet. His son's person, it's not formed yet. So the father is stelling suit to a little kids are funny and have funny ones. And you figure out how to relate to that. Your, your dad, he, he pulls your talus off and he doesn't know what you know. And he's like figuring out the world and you're relating to a kid. As your kid gets older, relating to a soul, it's not a joke. You know, parents always get excited. They're a kid and they're... What the parents see is true. It's not like, well, they're just the parents, so they think. No, the parents, Hashem gives the eyes that are true. A soul is limitless. It's a soul. It's a piece of Hashem. 
neshama is huge. Our children are, we are like really big. It's not a joke. It's not cute. It's not meant for a certain yeshiva. We're big. No, just the truth. We have a soul. We're very, very big. A human being is wildly big. If you relate to your kid and they'll all be different, it's, it's, it's crazy. And a soul is if you relate. Now, if you, if you don't want to feel and experience, we're all very good at that. And you could just, you will not change much. You'll work on the behavior of your children. Chinuch is so hard. If you actually relate to a person and you try to like relate to a person, it's crazy. To be, to call yourself a Rebbe means you're relating to a soul. You're out of your mind. To relate to six souls, if you have six kids and eight and two, is nuts. It's a life-changing experience. Now, it's different how you relate as a Rebbe and how you relate as a father. A Rebbe could have more Talmidim than a father could have children. Because the way you would relate as a father, you couldn't possibly relate to that many people. You couldn't do You wouldn't survive. You wouldn't be a normal human being. Relating as a father is a crazy experience if you're relating. Now, plenty of people are good at not relating and not like figuring out and and how, how, do, how do you relate to this? How do you, and each soul is unique. And are you open-minded to feeling the experience? The kids of today are feeling. Not, it looks very judgy, like stop judging your Rebbe. It's not about judge, it's relate. You have to relate to something, to someone. You're allowed to, if, if there's an experience going on, it feels a little awkward. His compliments feel off to me. I don't feel comfortable. You're allowed to relate to that. You're allowed to be present. Isn't that crazy? You're allowed to be present. And by the way, you're alive when you're present to life situations. You're present. And you're, you're related to it. It, it will come out. Of people, like Chaim's talked about people crushing you. There's a gen, I'm not, the earlier generation's bigger than ours. As you read the Sadayers. We're at, we're at only because of that. We're not, we're not like looking at our parents. People in earlier generations did not feel. It wasn't their job. Don't ever judge. I've seen Gedolim who I shake from, who are not very emotionally aware. They're tzaddikim. I want their brachas, their tefillahs. It was not their avodah. They're different generations with different jobs. And you meet people who are not emotionally the most attuned. In a strange way, Hashem gave every generation its tafkid, its mission, its sense. Our generation is feeling. I, I don't know what to do about it. Is, could, could you mockingly say we're bigger? You know what the earlier... You dare say you're bigger than my grandmother. You're out of your mind. She was 16. She went to public school. Her parents were killed. Her siblings were killed. And she was a loyalist to Hashem. I'm only anything. I am nothing. She's the hero of my life, my Oma. I'm nothing. If you look at my Oma, she did not understand your emotions, I promise. That wasn't her job. She lived, she was, she was close to Hashem. Hashem was her best friend. Different people have different jobs. I just don't know how to say it better. And our generation is feeling a lot and working through feelings. That's what's happening. And you're allowed to be present to situations and ask and relate. Based. The, the, the Tisha B'Av is coming alive. There's an energy here and I think there's not a group I'd rather be with. The energy comes from you. I say, thank you. I, I'm tapping into you. The energy comes from people that are willing to feel, that are willing to experience, that can experience something. 
So the first thing I want to do, what went on last night was a gilui on the day itself. The guys last night were like ready to go. It was nuts. I, when I feel a little, I'm tired. My day, I have driven home. I promise you, I have driven home. It has not happened a lot, but a couple of times in Durham, I really listened well to a guy. I was spent. I went home. My wife said, why are you home early? I said, I'm done. Because I listened to a guy and I heard that guy can keep going. I don't have the emotional stamina the guys of today have. I don't have that. And I listened to a guy well, and I was spent. I, I'm not an excuse guy. I promise. I like. Wor- I should say I'm not excuse. I promise that I like working. A good hard day. I work a hard day, and I like working. I could work. I can't feel, but I could work. So I like working and putting in a day. I felt with the guy. I was like spent. I drove home. I just showed up home to be with guys who are feeling for a chat, for a mayid like Tishabav, I don't you can't do it without looking inside. I cleared we sang Rev Levi Yitzhak Baditchev's Nigan and I'll tell you why I sang it. That song for whatever reason brings me places. I feel like I could step up to things. I feel like it it pulls me before Minaira, before we sing Ka'ehsai, it pulls me places. Tishabav, I had this grapple where I'm not trying to pull out of me, I'm trying to pull in me. And and I had this like grapple, I had this like Shaila that should I um should we sing that song? I'm not trying to get out of me, I'm trying to get in me. It was a very interesting day of Tishabav. We're like stelling tzu to to void, to gap out of us and in us. The Mistarim Tizkanashi. Our soul is very attuned to Tishabav. That, that, that's what the, the Pasuk we were handling, that they gave her. That the Mistarim inside of me, I'm crying. There's a place in me that feels Tishabav. I'm not trying to go out of me, I'm actually trying to go in me. And it's not so easy to go in me, trust me. You guys have an easier time with Tishabav. You've you've, Tishabav has been born, Mashiach's coming. You guys gave birth to Tishabav. There's a generation that's feeling deep places very, very clearly. And, and last night to experience that guys were like in, they're locked in, that was, that was wild. So I want to thank the guys. I want to say a point number two. I don't like the fetus mentality. I despise the fetus. It's not the way I play sports. If a guy goes to a game, we lost, they're so good. I'm not into that. You play, you get your team, rally the troops and bring it. I'm very competitive. I don't like the fetus. I hate it. That's just how Hashem made me. That's me. I'm a fighter. I'm a competitor. I don't like when people start something. You see how good they are? Why are you doing that? This is your team and play. Dig deep and bring fight like a tiger. Life's to battle. You'll win. You'll lose. Who cares? I don't mind losing. The funny part is I'm competitive. During the game, after the game's over, that was I like. I feel like I unleashed the netzach that's in me. We lost. Hug it out, great, that we competed. That's not the battles, I mind losing. But the word, defeatist mentality bothers me. Don't start losing. It's just, I say, win before you begin. The opposite is starting to lose. It is dumb to say about Teshubah that we have no shaykhs. That is stupid. That's, that's trait, you killed the Navi. By the way, I promise you, we spoke about killing the Navi. People love to, the kinnas start and end with like killing the Navi. So we all like sit there, it's, it's the best thing to like sit and mourn about that. Because like the Yidna is so bad, they killed the Navi. Does anybody here feel like the murderer, if you would have been there, you would have killed the Navi? So it's easy to mourn like those sickos, what they, we're talking about our journey. 
Would anybody here want to kill the Navi? <laughs> We're very like peaceful guys, and yet we speak about them killing a Navi. So that's somebody else, the Gullus, those people killed the Navi. It's like the best one to like really hammer. You could say the story in a gruesome way. <laughs> Wall back there. They were my Zayda and you are Zayda, my friends. So what's going on? You and you and it's me and you, by the way. But and you killed the Navi. By the way, when you say we have no Shaykhis to Tishbab, you're a murderer of the Navi, I promise you. Exact, that's what it is. Because there's a spiritual force outside of us, and you're saying I'm not Shaykh. That's exactly Navur. When you say we're not Shaykh to Elul, we're not Shaykh. I'm not saying that we experience it in the full ways we should. I'm not saying Shabbos, we, who's the arrogant guy? We have Shabbos, we're trying to tap into something real. To say there's a Kayach called Shabbos, it's murder to tap in. What does it mean to tap in? How does it look? But there's something called Shabbos that we're capable of tapping in. To start the game, we're not Shayich. If, if one guy, I was so happy, nobody said, it's a Svasemis. The vart's actually a good vart, not the way people use it. Nobody here says, we cry because we don't know what to cry. Pardon my English, my father said, shut up. Stop, stop, sit down. We cry because we don't know what to cry. And like smugly, it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're a murderer, you're murdering the Navi. I say kinnis for you. Now, Ida Svasemes says it, it's a much deeper thing. Svasemes didn't have a defeatist mentality. There's something called Tishabov, and my relationship to it is what I do feel, what I don't feel, how much I feel. It's, he very much felt that it wasn't meant you could say the same words, you could say it as a defeatist, we have no chance. So let's all just like wing it. No, you actually could like, you could actually plug in. You know, Tishabov's a force that you could plug into. There's something, is a Mayade called Tishabov. These things are spiritual powers. There's something called Tishbab, it's a Mayyad. It's a time that has a force to it. To ever, don't you dare. You don't say, well, Shabbos, you know, we're not really Shaykh. So what's, let's cancel the day. What are you doing? What are you doing? Does it mean we, we, we tap in how much? You want to give us a scorecard? Who taps in more? You have like a rating? How much? You think we tapped in? We got Tishbab? We're trying to tap in. There's a spiritual force. So the, 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 this point that learn in life, stop with the defeatist attitude, knock it off. It's not a good thing, it's bad midas. Defeatist attitude is bad midas. Don't do it in sports, don't you dare. They're better, you that makes team, oh, they're better. He's making teams, this is your team. Play and bring it, play and bring it. I can't stand that better, we can't, we won't. Stop, stop, that's not how, that's not how healthy people live life. This is your team. You will live that on the court. You will live it with your wife. You'll live it with Tishabab and you'll live it in other ways. It's not how we live. Stop with the defeatist attitude. You're a soul. You're huge. Now relate to the situation. Get in there. Get in there and fight. Get in there and fight. Get in there. There's something called Tishabab to like approach it. We have no shaykhs. Tishabab was awesome here. There was a spiritual force. It's difficult. It's good. It's 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 up. It's a spiritual force. What is it? Don't to come with any defeatist. Don't you dare. Don't you not let us say the svasemis is officially forbidden here. Now I promise. I like the vert. 
there's a different, there's a whole, there's a force to what he's saying, but you could, the word is like borrowed for some guy you quit and quit on a whole generation, and it's said it's, it's what you're using it for. If somebody says, if goes to a volleyball tour and says they have a very good team, it's going to be tough, there could be two energies to that. There could be we have no shot. I don't like that. We're playing. We have a shot. There's no, there's no, what are you talking about? The, the, the guy's professional? He's, you and I, he's a little taller, he's this, we have a shot. And many times you win and let's compete. We relate to the thing, get in there and get dirty. And let's go, bring it, bring it. So I don't like defeatist mentality. I'm not built for that. Hashem put me in this position. I won't allow it for people around me. I'm not going there. I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. Not on Yom Tovim, not on any spiritual force. It's not very intelligent. I don't, it, it's bad. I say it, it's bad Midas. Good Midas is there's a gift called Shabbos that God gave me. I probably do have Shaykhs to it. I probably do. Many people do the same thing with Tishra. That kids, whoa, I don't have Shaykhs. He's your son, he's your daughter, she's your daughter. Get in there. It's hard. This is, how do I relate? How, what is going to bring out of me? Get in there. No defeatist mentality. It's hard. That, I never mind somebody says it's hard. Whoa, that big guy's on the other side of the gridiron. Whoa, that's cool. I spent many times at basketball. People watched other teams practice. Did you see that guy shoot? I'm not into that. We're going to bring it. We're going to play hard, really hard. We're going to bring it, we're going to relate, we're going to, we're going to get dirty here. And a lot of good comes out of that, from relating like that. So I'm, I don't like the fetus mentality, that was my message number two. Message number three. I think the fetus mentality is exactly killing the Navi. If you wanted a word out of it, it's just true. To say that we can't relate to Tisha B'Av, to me, you killed the Navi, you're a murderer. Your mamish killed you exactly the same as killing the Navi. The Navi says, why, what, do you, what does it mean they killed the Navi? The Navi said to the Jewish people that you're shaykh to big stuff. The Navi says what we want anybody to know. Probably the best, there were two things that struck me. The best part, there's no best part. The thing that struck me the most, the whole, the whole Tisha B'Av is what Rav Aryeh said about hope. Tenth graders, Rebariye spoke about hope and the value of hope, and he cried because he saw somebody not have hope. That's like the killing of the Navi. I'm not shy of anything. Do you think, Yuri, that we were like, it's so sad, the, all the generations, we like wanted Mashiach, like you didn't come. <laughs> Such losers. Like the poor Rebbe, the Rebbe like wanted Mashiach more than anybody. He's like, let's talk real. I don't like pretend. He's a loser. Like he the most wanted it, he didn't get his wants. It's a Pasuk and Mishle, Techeles Mimushacha. If you have hopes and they don't come, Machlis Haleib, it's sickness. There was no sicker man than the Rebbe, sickness. He had hopes of Mashiach and it didn't come. Didn't come. He wasn't it and it didn't come. Must be such a tragedy. The man, nobody yearned in our lives. So what a, if you don't understand life, if you say that, you really don't understand. Revarie spoke that the deepest tragedy, pains are hard. The deepest tragedy, a person's hope. If I would describe 10th grade in yeshiva, and 10th grade's relevant to everybody in the world, what I want a kid is to get hope. Parents say, he looks worse. He's the, you know, your kid has hope. He actually, like a guy like him, could like, he starts sensing, comes from a connection, it could take a month, a year, or ten. I don't care how long it takes. It's actually the first step of being alive is you have hope. Kivli, 
hope. Hope does not speak about tomorrow, Rev. Joey explained. It lives today. Hope is very interesting. If you think we spoke, Reb Shalom Rabashkin spoke here, it spoke about being in jail, hopeless. <laughs> People are hopeless. You know what it means to have hope? You know how powerful? The Rebbe was alive because he yearned for Mashiach. It means we're shaykh to big things. He experienced Gula, a lot of it. I got a letter from Yosef Groman after last night. It's a text letter. One of the, he's a brilliant guy, an honest guy. It's one of the nicest texts I've ever got in my life. He described his experience of Tishabav here somewhere hovering between Gula and Gullus. That he experienced something that he like very much felt Gula, but it very much got him in touch with what he doesn't experience, that he wants more of it. Gula and Gullus, wrapped in one. And he, he articulated brilliantly. His experience of Tishabav, the experience of feeling something, of being part of something, that didn't feel sad. I love Tishabav. Like, should I feel guilty? Maybe we should cry about that. If you like the word, cry that you felt so good on Tishabav. On that, no, no. We experience something and we actually want more of it and want it for more people to feel connection, to feel present. And in feeling present, you also feel what we don't feel present about, trust me. The guy who's numb doesn't feel much of anything. And when you have a laid pasuach, you feel a lot, including the voids. So, yeah, don't kill the Navi. We're shayich to big stuff. We're shayich to Shabbos. We're shayich to big things. We're shayich, we're out of this world. We're shayich, we have a soul. If you ever feel stuck, and sometimes like we're just, am I shayich to anything big? The answer is yes. The killing the Navi is the Navi saying you're shaykh to deep things. To kill the Navi is we're no no. <laughs> Navi, I don't know who you are. I don't know your experiences. I'm not shaykh. You're like describing a world of God. I'm very stuck here. That's what it means to kill the Navi. Killing the Navi exists today. Killing the Navi exists in Shmuzin of we're not shaykh to Tishabah, that we cry, that we can't cry. You just killed the Navi. Stop. The word of the Svasemis is a great word. It's actually deep and full of feeling. It's not, there's actually a lot of emotion there. If you, but not the defeatist. You could use the same verb. That's always. Sadikim yelchubar misham yakashubab. And every truth can be used to destroy, can be used to build. I, that word, like, is just used to blow up Tishbat, to kill the Navi. Knock it off. I'm thankful nobody said it here. I don't want to scare anybody, say anything. It's just not the type of people we're surrounded by. I'm not defeatist people who, okay, let's cry that we can't cry. If you're saying that just everything's hopeless and helpless and we all lost and like, I don't know, something, so we just, so we have no Tishabab. That word is saying that there's places of void. We can connect to the places where we feel, where we don't feel. There's, a, there's an oymek to the word, and yes, experiencing Tishabab in a very deep and meaningful. The start of the sugya has to be there's Tishabab and there's me, and I can relate to this. That's any game, what I'm telling you. There's a team, this side, they're tough, that's all, and I'm in the game. I can relate to this. Will I win? Will I lose? I have no idea. I'm going to battle, and I'm going to get a lot from battling, by the way. After I battle, it's a blessing. We just battle. Trust me, Chaim and I battle. We play, you, you, you let it out. It's, we battled. We're going to relate to this. They're tough, they're crazy, they're good. I'm gonna, and, and by the way, in the battles of life, you walk out the better for it. To just ever say on something, I can't. 
This And when I say I can, I mean because we have a soul, because we have a piece of God in us. That's what I mean. Because you're denying the neshama, you're killing the navi. That's message number two. Message number three is we do a lot together on Tishabav. And then the guy once is going to have Tishabav alone. I want to explain, you, we could do nothing Tishabav. Tishabav is a force not because of the program we run. I only do so much because I feel like we're battling many people killed the Navi. Tishabav has been shot up. I can't think of a day on the calendar that's more disrespected, immature, Holocaust movies, utter stupidity. You think we're safe, feel less safe. That's not, that's not, you don't have to like get scare people, show a horror from people. Like, base, the basic, I would say, the extent of Tishabav is like show Stephen King. Like so, yeah, basically, we ask Kleisel, read Stephen King, enough horror stuff, show a horror movie, and that's our Tishabav. Stop feeling so safe. You're now much anti-Semitism. You're now close. You think Hitler was? Uh, and then like some video of some guy who's like Hitler, the, the lack of sophistication to a chag, I can't, I can't handle it. It's just not stop, stop. We're shyach to something big, to something real, to something true, to something deep. So because we're battling some a force, we're working. We're almost working too hard. In the quiet of your house, you can have tishabab. It's real. You don't need any good singers. Now it's true, we're fighting something, so we're working hard to just establish that there's something there. You don't need, we did not create Tishabab in Sulam. God gave us Tishabab, and a human soul is capable of tapping in. It actually works so well and is so moving, not because of any song we sang, though it's good to sing good songs. It is because there's something called Tishbab and the Yid and Ishayach to something bigger than himself. So I want to share that with the guys, that you could tap into something. What you experienced here, always know where the source is. So is it maybe all the singing, Stan? Uh, in, in my own house, I can't sing like that. I'm not going to be sitting next to Matis, next to Aryeh Barnett, next to Momo Ringo, so maybe like the perfect collection of singers. No, no. What you experience was Teshubah and the Yid. We have a good program to allow for that. But understand that I feel to tell the guys that there's something called Teshubah. Shabbos, I like less programming, not more. We have things, we sit. I like, the reason I want to sing a lot on Teshubah is I just want, I feel like song allows each person to do their own thing. We all have very different Teshubahs. Whatever was in your brain, it gives you, especially songs without words. So I like the parts that let people just, we may start with words, we get into a certain zone, then go, then go. And you saw different people go in different places, go. So it's a way, by us singing collectively, we could be together and be independent by singing. Song allows for that. But, but I want to say that Tishabav's a force, you're a force, and you're matim for each other. We're, we're, we're matemes. There's Shabbos and the Yid. I love Ka'echsaif. Me and Avi love Ka'echsaif. And we say Hamasemes. Beautiful words. We're Matem. We're a good Shenach. Hamasemes. L'skula Secha. It's Matem. Skula Secha's us. Hashem's treasure. Shabbos and us are a Shenach. We're men for each other. We're Matem for Shabbos. We, we jive. We connect. We have Shabbos. We're Matem for Teshubav. There's something in the day that we're shy to. Longing, hope. 
Revarie's word about hope very much resonated by me because I feel like it's it, that Tishabov starts. Now, it starts, the guys know it's not being taped. The guys know that NF, his music, I feel like there's, there's honest <coughs> feeling, expression of feeling there. There are two songs. A Bacher once asked me, I saw, I saw a, a, a Yid who might has... Be, might be being taped. Is it? Maybe. Okay. I see. I saw a yid. I don't. I never care if it is taped or not. I don't care if moments. I don't care really if moments are videoed. You can sense if a moment is just living the video. I don't care what side it does or doesn't go on or might go on. That could be good, could be bad. I let other people decide. I'm not just be present to what's happening. Be present, and that's it. Is it video? Is it not? The whole world's video. There's there's videos all over. They video everything. Saib Davra, Kol Nishma, it doesn't matter. That's not the point. Everything's videoed. It's not the point. The point is be present. Be present. Be present. Some is video with the value, the not value. It's a good, these are shaylas, a good philosophical shaylas. Where was I? Where was I? <laughs> Why does it always go back to end up, Johnny? Okay. The. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> NF. NF has, 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 has two songs. There was a guy, there was a prestigious fellow I know who has very little shaykhs to emotions. Just the way he's, he's a big tzaddik. It's very little shaykhs to emotions. The way I'm, I'm not a paisic on him, just what it looks like to me in my interactions. And he hates therapy. And he says, therapists get kids angry at their parents. I hear it. He's saying it. He's saying And he like hates, he's publicly denounced. The best therapist I like, he like publicly racked. I think that therapist is a, is a tzaddik who knows emotions. And I think this tzaddik, his sugya is not, he knows a lot of mesechtas. The mesechtas of emotion, I, I haven't found them to be the sharpest in that mesechta. And... And the bottom line is, is, he ripped a certain therapist. Kids walk in, not upset at them, and they walk out of his office upset at the parents. This therapist I have seen has brought many kids to their parents. Because often if a kid went through something very serious, and even not so serious, being numb to things doesn't connect you to things. If you're uncomfortable, the Rebbe says, nice boy, and you're like, it, you're not very close to the Rebbe, he's not very close to you. There's a dynamic in the relationship. There's a dynamic. Now, when you lean into the dynamic, at first you might say, I don't feel good when he gives me compliments. You can ask yourself why compliments could feel good. You can ask and figure out and analyze and get in there what's happening. You can get in there. You really could feel and relate. It's a weird thing about life. We could be present to life. It's the craziest thing. And our whole essence can be part of something and feel. It's not to judge the next person. You're not trying to figure him out. He's a tzaddik, he has him. You're allowed to live your life and experience and be very present. The big ones were very present in their life. Now, now, this person who's very, very angry, his father, whatever went on, he might first feel angry. If you're a parent, your kid's anger, the step after anger is you'll be close. When a bacher comes to me and we have a tough conversation, that's usually the start of our relationship. Because he expresses something. 
I felt ignored. I felt disrespected. And you hear, you don't answer back. You love. You hear, explain what you're saying. If you're defensive and this and that, then you have to work on your own things. Why are you so defensive? Why, you, you know, your own inner security, that's also a subject. But he's expressing his inside. Trust him a little. Trust yourself, trust him. He's saying something. By the way, when the kid gets in touch with feelings, the next step is love. Kids love their parents like parents love their kids. There's things, and he has to feel and experience. There'll be it, one day your kid's going to say, "I hate you." And versions, I'm very upset at you. Hear what they're saying. Be confident. You're a parent. You love them. They have to love you back. It's just how the world works. That the hearts reflect them, and you love them. They're going to love you back. They're like stuck. Shuts. But he's saying something, and he expresses, and he expresses blockage. And you hear. You hear what's being said. Sometimes the kid has to feel, and the other side of feeling is very good feelings. None. Agbacher asked me, Kalish, if you're right, NF wrote a song, his mother overdosed, and he wrote a very powerful song, Why'd You Leave Me? We express this tremendous anger. Now, I'm not saying he should have broadcasted. I don't know NF, I don't know the person, I don't know why he broadcast that song. It could be L'shem Shemayim. It could be felt others would gain. It could be L'shem money. He became rich from it. It could be, I have no idea. It's a funny place to express emotion to millions of people. Maybe he's a Balches and he felt others can gain. I have no idea. I don't know him. But Abacher asked me that if you're right, Kalish, why wasn't he Michael, his mother? He expressed the emotion. I said I have the kasha. Maybe privately he was. Lemay said five years later, NF released another song where he's Michael, his mother. It's a, to listen to the songs back to back is life-changing. I advise it. I advise you. I advise you to listen quietly with nobody around and don't comment on it. Just listen. But listen and feel. I advise, I think a generation that wants to feel, I give you advice. And yes, I'm saying it, but listen to those two songs back to back. I advise it. Listen to the song, Why'd You Leave Me? When he's upset, it's very painful. You have to have the headspace for it. You have to be ready to feel. If you want to not feel, fine. I'm talking about if you really go somewhere private, but you have to be ready. You have to have the headspace. And listen to somebody who's upset that his mother overdosed and he has a lot of anger at her. Hear what he's saying. And then back to back, listen to his mama, his newest song five years later to mama. I advise it. You'll get to learn how emotions work. I am not coming to praise the person, to speak. I don't know him. I don't know much about him. I'm not saying to listen to his other music. Not at all. I'm saying that if somebody wants to like get into the sugya of feelings, there's a guy, there's emotion, and there's some feelings there that you can learn a little bit about feelings. So you can hear his, why do you leave me? Back to back with mama. There's not one curse on it. It's, not a, it's, it's a complicated topic of a person's anger. It's, it's, it's something that, could, that, again, I'm not like out there. Trust me, if you're learning, I promise it's not, if you have some time and you want to feel and learn about feeling, I'm not asking anybody to be sad. I'm not advising for Tisha B'Av to do that. No. If you want to learn about emotions and tapping in and digging into yourself and what happens, the process of emotions, it could be something that's a game. Don't listen to his other music. I'm not coming to be a big pusher. I do not know most of his music. I don't care about most of his music. But with those two songs, there is something there in how emotions work. 
how they work. But I want to, that third point, that there's something called Teshuvah and you and your Shaykh to it, nothing to do with our program. We have the program almost, you could say, might even crush Teshuvah. Well, like, give me my, I hope some guy says, I need a little of my own space. That's good too. And if you need assistance, that's good too. You're capable of connecting to Teshuvah when you're alone somewhere. You're capable. We're working hard and we almost overmake a program because we're fighting an attitude. So we make, and there's nothing wrong with plugging in. There's nothing wrong with getting a good chazin for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. There's nothing wrong with being around other people trying to relate to something and believing that you could relate to something. But I feel the need to say that you are shaykh to connect to mayadim. You're shaykh. There's a force called Shabbos alone in your house. You have a terrible voice. And it, you have your own form of zmiris. You could sing. My Zayda sang. He had these chants. My Zayda came from Chassidah He had chants for six, at a Shabbos table. He sang these like funny chants. And he sang them just on his own, like nobody was. He sang and nobody joined him. I remember as a kid listening to my Zayda. You have your own form of singing also. It's not, it could be with singing a song. Your, your songs might be with discussion. It might, you and Shabbos are Shaykh. Don't kill the Nabi. We're Shaykh to big stuff deeper than our world. We just are. It's true. I don't know how to tell it to you. I, it's very scary. Don't kill me. Just don't. I, it's scary. Somebody tells you. It's like, you're serious? Yes, yeah. Now, experience. Get in there. I think anybody who was here yesterday would say, maybe we are Shaykh. We're Shaykh to like big things. We're, we could plug into like big, big stuff and like it could, it could hit somewhere because we have a soul and big things deeper than the world. You tell a guy there's this thing called Shabbos. I'm not talking about a nice day that Jews have family time. That's like the secularization of Shabbos. Even we get closer to our family because of Shabbos. That's not what Shabbos, that's not like any person alone in a house there's something called Shabbos. There's the Yid and Shabbos. It's misogal that people get along and people, because there's a day of like, there's an awakening and the place of soul, we're very united with other people. So it brings togetherness and song and everything does better on Shabbos, but because of the ingredient called Shabbos. And the Yid and Shabbos are matem, matemas. That ka'echsayv song, that... We crave Shabbos and we're matim for Shabbos. It's like a good shidduch. That's the opposite. We're bringing, we're doing trias anesim on the Navi. We're bringing him back. So we're restoring the Navi, thankfully. I thank the guys. You're beautiful people. You gave me a mayed on the calendar. From Teshubav gives birth to Mashiach. Teshubav, it's born on Teshubav. Please don't be a literalist. That is, it's not talking about a birthday. It's, not, it's nothing to do with anything. And anybody is, well, I don't get it. Because when you're in touch with longing and hope, Aryeh nailed it. When there's hope and longing, there's life. The Rebbe was not, the Rebbe was a lucky man that he had a big kivli and was in touch with cravings. It's, it's a very cool place to be. The 10th grader, the 10th grader, he comes to Yeshiva. You know what he gets? The external people ask me, do you have to fall before you grow? You don't have to fall. You have to have hope before you live. Well, before you grow, do you think your son is hopeless? I don't care what color shirt he wears. I don't care how good a haircut. You know what it means to be hopeless. You know what it means to sit in shiurim. 
I dis- guys described to me what it means sitting in a class and nothing's going to change. <clears throat> What's the big deal? He's in school. Duke it out. He's sitting in a class. Geschmacker Rajbo. Oh, Zacheus, what's going on? Every once in a while, he like chuckles. Then when hopelessness sets in, me and a world past me that I have, I'll never get there. Hopeless is bad. Hopeless is bad. And hope is so cool. Parents will say, I know he's happier. It's hard, you know, what they're, what, what they're seeing is hope. Hope is beautiful. Hope is beautiful. All our lives keep that hope. Keep that hope. The hope that we're shy to big things because we are. When you have that hope, you'll find it. You'll touch it. You'll also have void, like Joey described. But you'll feel, you'll connect. I don't say every year you'll nail Tishbab. Just stop. It's like so exciting. The excitement. Guy said, I love Tishbab. What do you... I, I, I felt something, there's hope, there's hope. I miss something, even to miss something is hope. There's like something's pulling, something's tugging, something means something. You heard the story, they showed that Yoel Gold video, beautiful video, the story of that community, they like feel like tuggings, there's something. He goes, he stands up in front of his church and he says to his 600, 3,000 constituents he has, and he says there's a bunch of garbage. There's a truth. He said, I meant good. I never meant to hurt you guys. <laughs> he looks at his congregation after visiting Israel, studying Torah, going through a trauma. And he says, it's interesting that trauma caused such good results. It's interesting that trauma. That like said a lot about Gullahs too. Sometimes trauma forces digging deep inside itself. Sometimes trauma force it. We said, why is Hashem doing this to me? The, from Lama Lanetzach Tishkachenu is beautiful, gives birth to hope. From a place of hopeless, I feel forever forsaken. Even when you just say those words, means that you have hope. That's the mushal being angry. That's NF's. I promise once he made the song, I'm so mad at you, you knew that he was going to forgive his mother. You never make that. So when you say the words Hashem, it feels like you left me forever, and you feel it. You're gonna be. It's, you're a minute away from being close to Hashem. I didn't even know that. I didn't know. Honestly, I didn't know. Isn't that funny? He's. He's. It's not. A, I'm not like what a nace. He actually is a guy who's, who who feels it seems, and so I'm not like amazed. But it's called hope. I didn't know that. Honestly, didn't know that that it's called hope. But it's, yeah, it's not. It's not surprising when people start living. That's the word. Rav Aryeh nailed it. It's 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 from us. Everything's from the Torah. Kivui, hope. There's like a sense, longing, hope. That like the sadness of somebody not feeling, and no hope is so sad. We when you have a youngster and yeshiva coming in, that's how I would define you hopeless, like very hopeless. And the first thing that happens, a month, a year, two years, somebody's noticed, he meets an older guy like him and he starts like sensing there's something I can like. Think about a typical kid, Shabbos, Yomte, the Navi's dead. Nothing I could like, nothing ever is gonna matter. Nothing, a guy had a good Tishmav, you know what you got? You got hope. You got hope, that, that? Martha, you hear what I'm saying? Have you seen kids get hope? 
Even then a kid struggles and crawls dark with this hope. Would you agree to that, Martha? Even then he wants to tap in so badly, but, but I can't, there's still hope. There's still, but I know there's something I could tap into. The Navi's coming alive, Martha. I was very happy, it was funny, at the end of Tishma, you might, thank you for sharing that. Meant a lot. It's very like it's a it's a sugi in us. I say in the tenth grader, I'm not talking about a person. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. It's a sugi in us. We're, when we have, when we feel hope, it's very good. Okay, I said enough of my batala about Tishba. Let's get to divrei Taira. Now the tape can roll. It's been rolling. Now the world knows I like NF. They haven't found out. I thought it was our secret, Yudi. <laughs> Back at me in Khair, like advising. And they get a ban. <laughs> After Chatzais. After Chatzais. <laughs> Next year when you can't win. <laughs> you don't want to get. He said, you know. <laughs> We're linked. It's like a. <laughs> <laughs> I never lost hope if I was an end of speaking. You were saying that they were tired of killing them and they have only that As uh, as Rebbe was speaking, it's a very it's a very fascinating the kufa that we're in now. It's still Yud, it's still Yud Ba'av. We have a Velas until Chatzais. At the same time, there's this feeling of hope. Even just, even just looking around the room, you have, you have Meish Reich looking fresh. All dressed for Shabbos with a big smile on his face. Thank you, Revezi. <laughs> that was a that was a practice? Camp Monk. That was no. This is this goes back thirty years in Camp Monk. All right, Trink is punching Kigo. Uh, I see my Shreich. All dressed for Shabbos with a. Oh, I remember I have Trink also. Does it, Josh? With a big smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have, and then you have next him, yes, Meish Kalish, who's still holding on, going to the gallus. If I look that good in a goatee, I would also rock it a little longer. Like, there's a mix of like gallus and gaul that's going on at the same time. The Ishbits are like would love moments like this. Like it's so unclear. Like did we end the did we end the gallus and now we're like we're, we're, we're just we're in both it's just last night was like that the epitome of that where we couldn't listen to music but the room was so was so alive because we had such because we had such a good day I woke up this morning I wasn't I was trying to figure out who I'm going to get a get a haircut by <laughs> and I thought I'll be honest when I was younger my wife would make fun of me we would go out to eat I would just look at the right side of the menu. 
whatever the most expensive thing on the menu was, that was just, uh, that's what I want. And my wife was like, how do you know even? Like, how do you, it's the most expensive, that must be it. Today, like, I'm going to ask Ben Simon who gave him his haircut and just tell the guy, just make me look like Ben Simon. <laughs> Look, I was noticing that. <laughs> if you can guarantee I look like Ben at the end, then... <laughs> so I, I want to share today a uh, Ramban on Tefillah and some ideas about, about Ponzi schemes. They don't, they don't usually go together, but... We'll get, we'll get to that, we'll get to that. Yeah. So, there's a famous Ramban. I can see Nachum putting out this yeah. tire, like, NF Ponzi schemes, <laughs> welcome to Waterbury. Like, so. <laughs> and I'm, I'm asking, like, sometimes you give a mushroom, and the mushroom is so, like, what did the rap talk about NF? Like stuff, the rap was making a point about hope and anger and pain. All they remember is that they talked about NF. Like, all they talked about was Ponzi schemes. But in this case, I think it's actually Kedai. The marshal itself is, is worthwhile. But I'll start with the Ramban. There's a famous sheet of the Rambam. I think we learned this sugya two years ago here. As a mitzvah to daven every day. Mitzvah say to daven every day. The Ramban... And the Sefer Mitzvah says chaylik on him and says that no, there's no mitzvah to daven every day. Perhaps there's a mitzvah to daven when you have an ace tzara. When you're in a difficult time, there's a mitzvah to daven. And when I first saw this, the Ramban, it bothered me that, what does it mean it's a mitzvah be'ez tzara? Be'ez tzara, you, you need to daven because you need something from Hashem. What do you need a commandment for? Usually a commandment is... According to the Rambam, I'm going to daven. You see, daven every day. Whether you need something or not, I want you to reach out to Hashem, touch base, talk to Him. I hear that's a mitzvah. But to say, Be'ez Tzorah, daven to Hashem, I need Hashem. Of course I'm going to daven. What exactly is is the mitzvah? I want to talk a little about Ponzi schemes. And yet there's two parts I want to talk about. One is how to avoid them, how to avoid putting money into a Ponzi scheme. How there, there are good people out there who have started legitimate businesses and ended up, I'm going to use the word Ponzi scheme as just when the deal goes bad. Ponzi scheme is a, is a specific <coughs> scenario. It's, it's, it's the, pers- the first person who did it, who coined it, is, it's named after him where a person takes in, starts an investment and he just he uses future money to pay back people and give them returns and he just creates this scheme where he just he creates a reputation that he's giving good returns and he, he keeps having money in. So, one is to avoid investing in it. And the second is to avoid ever being in a situation where, like I said, I, I've known of good people who ended up in these situations where the investments went bad and people were, were upset at them. If you're sick, you'll use this also to figure out how to run a, run a Ponzi scheme. But if that's where your mind goes, we should, we'll talk after. <laughs> so, 
the way the way these things usually starts off with is again I'm talking about I'm not talking about the the richestic guy the guy who doesn't who's pushing a ganif. Often these things start off with a well-meaning, it was a good deal, and something went wrong. I want to pinpoint what went wrong, what exactly, where is the point where things went wrong. And, and people will often point to different things, and at least my thought of where things go, where things went wrong. So you start off, the guy has, has an investment, he's selling it to people. Sometimes he, he's, he's overly optimistic. It's not a hate, he's, but he's, over, he's overly optimistic. He overpromises. Could be he takes on too much. He has a few deals he's doing now. He takes on another three, four. He doesn't have the operations to run it. But he's, he's still, he still thinks that he's, he's doing okay. The deal starts going. And issues come up. Issues come up. It's taking longer to do the construction. So his turnover time is not, it's, it's costing more to do, because he thought it's gonna cost $10,000 a unit. And that's, why, that's what his projections are based on. It's costing $20,000 a unit. It was supposed to take two months. Two months means you're only, you're only losing two months of rent. It's taking six months. So now he, has, he lost six months of rent. All of a sudden, all the value he was adding by increasing the rents are, are wiped out. He might've made some mistakes. And he realizes that this deal is not going the way, the way it's supposed to go. And he starts to panic. He starts to panic that this deal is, this deal is going bad. And from there he, he just does more deals. He figures that if I get the next deal to do double as good, I can, those guys will make money and the next guys will also make money. Often in these situations, you'll see that the guy running the deal, he's not even, he's not pocketing any of the money. That's okay. We're not talking about a guy who, who took in more money than the deal needed. That's, that's Mamash Geneva. That, we're not talking about a guy who's take, doubled his management fee. You'll see a guy that he partially was trying to save the situation. And in his head, he, he figured if I can get the next deal, and he, he really believes the next deal, he can make up for the last deal and this deal, and then... He's going to get everybody where they need to be. And he ends up in this, this spiral. That because he's desperate for a deal that's going to do double, he takes a risk he would never take otherwise. Now he's taking riskier deals. That deal not does it do well. It does worse than the first one. And now he's, he needs to do even more riskier. And it's, and it's over. And people try to look, look at... This guy, yeah, he's a he was a decent guy. He wasn't trying to, he was just trying to pull it all together. Where did he, where did he go wrong? Greedy? I don't know if he was greedy. Like, he, he, the point wasn't that he had to put money in his pocket. He was trying, the story very often is he was how he was trying to save face and give people the returns that he promised, that he promised and not disappoint people. And all, I, I believe the point where he went wrong could be in the beginning, it was never a good deal, it was too much, he shouldn't have taken on, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have taken on the riskier deal. The, the point where he really made a mistake is that point where he realized things were wrong and he should have picked up the phone and told his investors, I think the, this deal has gone wrong, it's not over, it doesn't... Brilliant. 
And at that point, he had a decision. He could have told people, I didn't steal your money. I might have made some mistakes. Brilliant. That, that exact point is his point of Bechira. And if he misses that, that's over. Now it's spiraled. Now he's already, he can't tell them anymore because he missed that window to tell them what went, what went wrong. I had, I could tell you personally, I had a situation probably going back 15 years ago where I had partners, we were buying, we were buying buildings in, in North Jersey. And it wasn't a scheme, it wasn't a, we were all doing other things at the same time and we're trying to pull this together. And I, because at some point I realized that things were running, weren't running as smoothly as possible and money was being moved from one deal to the other. Nobody was stealing, but it just wasn't being done, wasn't being done correctly. And I realized it wasn't gonna go, this wasn't gonna end up where it needed to end up. And I had this, this, exact, this exact dilemma. Just give it more time and hopefully it'll all come together. Well, and I made the choice to call to call my investors, it was a lot of money. I was, I, was, I was not yet 30 years old, I was 28 years old. I had ran around for two years. It was over, it was close to $10 million of other people's money. I wasn't sleeping, I couldn't function. And of course it would have, it would have been easier just to try to give it a shot. And I made the decision to call them and there, and there was disappointment. People were upset at me, they thought I was more involved than I actually was, that I, I presented things a certain way. And it was difficult. It's interesting, out of that came, the way the story turned out, it's a very interesting, maybe one day I'll tell you more of the story. It was uh, how, everybody, how the, the deal turned out, everyone got their money back. I had somebody in Tzvass who told me six months before who was gonna end up buying it, and I realized only after, it was, it was a crazy story. There's a point though where, I'll say, Yisrael Zev Rechnitz, Shlomo Yehuda's brother was one of, one of the investors. And while we're trying to sort things out, my, one, of the, the, one of my partners realized that Yisrael Zev is a very sharp guy and he's very on top of things and that he was digging into things. And he privately called him and said, I'll, just, I'll buy your chalik out. Like, just give, give, us, give me space to deal to deal with it. And I was on the call when he, when he, when he did this. Yisrael Zev thought for a second, says no, either you buy all of us out or I'm staying in with everybody else. And he had, he had no Christ to the, to the, to the group. Just, until this day, the guys, um, some of the guys here have been to the basketball tournament in LA that's done in Le'ili Nishmas, his wife. And that was, I was always makar type to him. Until COVID, he had, there was a basketball tournament for, for the Tom Cheshabbos, the Beaker Chaylam in Los Angeles. I was always makertoy for what he did for me there. He had no reason to. And we used to send a team from Waterbury every year to... Did you go, Manish? Manny went. I think Manny was the last you year. You went, Manny? You were the last year we went? Yeah. It was, it was a crazy tukuf in my... In my in, Why did he do it? He was just a good. Uh, he was just a good person. He said, "Like I don't. I'm not leaving. I'm not." No, but if he stayed in, then 
then he'll help that together they'll work they'll work it out. He's not he's not separating himself from the cloud. It's a, it's a real it was a it was a real tzitka, it was a real tzitkis and it says something a lot about a person. But I want to point out that nekuda of a person's running a deal and things go wrong, things happen, and to realize that it's there's an opportunity to face it and deal with it. It's uncomfortable. It's but that's where the that's where our, our guru has to come in. That's the on the side of just partially. The island here is going to be involved in businesses. Maybe it'll take people's money. It's just something that to make up. If anything goes wrong, I, I commit that if something goes wrong, I will approach them, even if it's I'm disappointing it's them. To all of life, you yeah. never do a business oh. worth ten million dollars. Yeah, amazing, amazing. That's the when I look back at this. Like I said, sometimes the, a marshal is, is has so much value that you forget already what the what the nimshal is. But <laughs> I want to go back to the to the nimshal of. The Ramban telling us that the East Sara is a mitzvah to Davin Tashem. I think that's life change. That, that idea life change. That idea. There's so many places it comes out, no? That we, that we, that we make a mistake if we would own the air. Just own, just, you have an opportunity. The issue is not the mistake you made. That's not the, that's not the avla. The avla is, is that you have, when you had the opportunity to face it and you, and you pass that opportunity, then, like it's, then it's over. Like it's, then it just plays itself out. What do you... You're stuck. Now you're desperate. You're making bad decisions. But I'll go back, back to this, this, this Ramban who says that there's a mitzvah that when you're going through a difficult time to face Hashem. And I know when personally, sometimes there's, like a, there's a situation where you did nothing wrong and it's okay, I'm, I'm going to, I, I need to dive into Hashem. But for me, for sure personally, I know that there's times when it's, I'm working on something, it goes bad. And of course I should daven to Hashem, but I feel rejection because it went bad. Or I'm disappointed in myself. Why, why did Rabbi Shalom have to do this? Why couldn't it just go smoothly? And the last thing I want to do is talk to Hashem about it. Okay, I won't be angry at Hashem, but I, I don't want to talk about it. I, I want to go, I'm hurt by it. Like, why did Hashem have to make it go this way? And it turns out when the Ramban says that there's a mitzvah based Sarah to turn to Hashem, yeah, it's a mitzvah because I don't want to do this. If it's easy, the guy, it, it, come, it could come up, so a guy dated a girl for a lot of dates and it didn't work out. And like, now you want to dive him for the next, like, no, I'm hurt. Like, why, why did I have to go through that? I don't want to dive him for the, that the next girl should, it should go well. I don't, right now I'm just hurt. I'm, I'm disappointed like, the way it went. And there's a mitzvah to, at that point where I don't, I don't want to face it. And if you look at, if you look at the Lashon of the Ramban, I think it's, I think it's very meduyik. If, if I had to, you have to follow the words. Mitzvah le'esat tzaris, it's a mitzvah le'esat tzaris, le, to do what? You would say, it's a mitzvah le'esat tzaris, to daven. That's not what he says. It's a mitzvah le'esat tzaris, shena mitzvah yisbarach shemei to believe that when I'm at a difficult time, Hashem is going to listen, wants to listen to me. To daven, okay, daven, because no, it's, that's not the issue. The issue is I don't believe right now that the Rebbein Shalom even wants to hear from me. Obviously, he's angry at me. That's why he made this happen to me. 
I don't want I don't want to turn to Hashem now. I don't want to face the issue. And the mitzvah is no, don't walk away. Commit to commit to turning to Hashem. Even though it's so hard right now. And I'd rather just I'm not, I'm not angry, I'm not gonna say anything, but to, to talk to Hashem to help me, but he's the one who put me in this situation. But like like anything, like any type of these types of things, okay, but I'm telling you this right now. It's easy to say when you're not in this, but you're in this situation. I don't want to talk to Hashem. So what am I going to do? Or I, I'm in this situation and everything's fell apart in, the, in my business. Of course, I, I could say no. It's easy to say, yeah, if anything goes wrong, I will, I'll tell them. I'll tell them that it went wrong. But when you're in this situation and you feel that pressure, how do I know that, that I'm going to do that? So I want to go back to the marshal. This is partially like Shtukla advice how to how to avoid these situations. When a person comes to you with an investment and all they talk about is guarantees. I've done this a hundred times. This is for sure the way it's gonna go. You gotta it's gotta you gotta smell that something's that something's off. If the person comes like he believes it's a good deal, he thinks He's done this before. He has experience. And he ends off, it's just, you never know what's going to happen. Every deal is different. He's already opened the possibility that I might have to call you in six months that this deal was different. When a guy, when he first presented to you, never gave the possibility that this can go wrong. So there's no, there's no opening six months later to... A professional, uh, a professional finance, someone in finance will always tell you no guarantees. Because there is, because there really isn't. The guy who's just selling it, like, he, like there's nobody ever, nobody. First of all, that's, that's, there's something wrong with that. And not only that, but you're, again, you're, he's making it impossible six months later to come back and say things didn't work out. The market, I told you the market's was hot, it might turn at some point. I didn't think it was gonna turn now, but the rental market went down and we, were, we, were, we weren't expecting it to happen now. There's disappointment, that's not what the plan was. But there was, there was always an opening for it. And I, I think it's the same thing here with the Rabbeinu Shalom is, is that if we have this mindset that I'm only gonna approach the Rabbeinu Shalom when things are good, there is gonna be, a, there will be a time where I'm going through something difficult and I don't wanna, and I don't want to approach Hashem, and I will anyways. It's like to make that commitment in a marriage, everybody would want to say is that if I ever have an issue with my wife, I won't go to sleep until I resolve it. But when the issue comes up, the last thing I want to do is talk about it. So what do I do? The commitment six months before is, is that I so, I'm committed to working things out with my wife when it comes up, my commitment is there and I know it, I know this thing will come up. The guy thinks it's never gonna come up, so then he's not ready for it. But things come up, there's gonna be challenges, there's gonna be disappointment. And just to know to approach, that we're gonna approach Hashem, there's gonna be difficult times, there's gonna have, just the attitude going into it. That there will be a time where I, I feel disappointment, I feel rejection from Hashem. I feel like he, it could have gone right. And once again, Hashem made it not go right. I'm committed to the relationship with, I have with Hashem. 
I could say I'm angry. I could say I'm disappointed, but I'm going to talk about it. I believe that the Rebbeinu Shalom listens and wants to listen to my, to my tefillah. And part of that has to do with like our tzur of, of, of how we look at Hashem. Is it just because I want things from Him? If I just want things from Him, so if I don't get it, I'm angry. But if it's not, I want to I want to keep this relationship I'm committed to the relationship. So if something comes up, I'm committed to work it through. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk it through. And that the Rabbani Yisrael wants to work it for me. The Lashon the, the Rabbani continues, Hashem is just not this, someone who, who could help. He wants to help me. I have this, my, my kids know if I, I come home from show and I have like a pet peeve from show, my kids can guess what the topic is. It has to do with candy. I have two things that bother me like when it comes. So it just happened last week. Two weeks ago. I'm saying last week. It's here. Two weeks ago. I don't know why. Like Maybe it's my, like something that happened when I was a little kid. Like a trauma. To me, I can't understand. Like You have a kid. He's, he's six years old. He came to show. He's so happy. In a good show, he has a pile of candy. And somebody comes over to him. Takes the candy. And puts it in his pocket. He's like, hey, look, I, I stole your candy. And the kid doesn't know what, doesn't know what to do. I said, ah, I'm just kidding. And he gives it back to him. I, like, I want to go to him Sunday morning, walk over to him, take the keys to his Range Rover, and say, hey, 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 I took your keys to the Range Rover, I'm not giving it back to you. <laughs> to the kid, like, he thinks, because the, the kid's smiling because you're, you're, you're so awkward, he doesn't, know what, he doesn't know how to respond to you. So he smiles. So now he thinks, oh, I made a kid smile. Like, what do you, to this kid, like, that's, that candy yeah. is a Range Rover. Like, what, yeah. what are you stealing his... Saying, and I, I can get, <laughs> and I've seen it. I've seen it. Like my, my kids know. Like if I come home, like I can't believe it. They go, like, "Oh, that's the guy." That's one thing with the candy. And then, and then you have the, the like the classic candy man who thinks it's it's his responsibility to teach kid, to teach every three three and four year old three things: please, thank you, and it's his responsibility. To teach the kid which is his right hand and which is his left hand. That's, that's not the hand we shake with. We shake with the right like, You had an opportunity to make this kid feel like davening is geschmack and I got a, a, a tila. And all these kids, like, he walks out, like, he's so nervous that he, this guy's going to ask, like, you see, like, the kid, he's trying to remember from Shema, which is his right hand. <laughs> Who's, he, he, he came with a bag of family. I'm going to traumatize this kid. Like, like can't shake it. Like, it's, it's, it's an Avera. People are like, we've, we've lost generations because they, the, they shook with the left. That's like, like, there's that candy. Like, what do you, what do you, you went and you bought candies to give kids a good time and make them have just a great positive association with davening. And you turned, you twisted it. Yeah, I wonder sometimes. I want to walk with the guy. Like, you know what? Don't give up candy. Stop, like, like, do Kvay Yisrael a favor and stop with the... The, the Rabbeinu Shalom is, is not this candy man. The Rabbeinu Shalom is not... Even when he, it feels like he's teasing us and things didn't go the way it is, the Rabbeinu Shalom wants to do for us. He wants to hear from us this, 
this hope that we talked about. So much of hope has to do with just a feeling that the Rabbi still wants to hear from me, talk to me. Doesn't mean that there aren't things I have to look out. There could be things that I did do things wrong. But hope means that no matter what, the Rabbi always wants to hear from me. And in the beauty of Yiddishkeit, the Rabbi Nisham tells you, I command you to believe that I always want to hear from you. You think it's on me. To, no, Hashem said, it's a mitzvah I say to get yourself out of the mindset that the Hashem does, doesn't want to hear from me and believe shenamit, and believe that Hashem wants to hear from me. And in that moment where I'm struggling, that I don't think... I don't think the Rebbe Hashem wants to hear from me. The way, I'm being, the way I'm going through, I think he's angry at me. I think he doesn't like me. I think he doesn't care about me. And there's a mitzvah. No, work this through. The same way you have a, there's a munah to, to believe in Mashiach, to believe Hashem runs the world, is to believe that Hashem wants to hear from me, even though my situation stinks right now. And I know Hashem did it to me. It's like the, this is the guy who he completely believes Hashem runs the world, but now he's stuck. Okay, Hashem runs the world, and he just did everything to mess to mess me up. I'm in the worst situation. Hashem made this happen to me, and I have a mitzvah to work this through and still go back to Him and believe. That he listens to our tefillah. Behavens, like when the Ramban adds, adds the words behavens, he says it's not a partial simple up. You are going through a difficult time, Davin Tashem. He said, no, work this through. Like I said, part of this, the avoid, I think this is that sometimes when you're in the moment, it's not the right time to work, it's, it's too hard. This is the type of thing that you have to prep yourself that when I'm in, whenever I'm in that moment, I'm committed to work it through. <laughs> I'm committed to not just walk away from it. And the, like I said, the conversation could be, Hashem, I'm dis- disappointed. What, what's the message you're trying to give me? Maybe there's a different way you can give me the same message without me going through this hardship. But whatever the conversation, it doesn't matter. The point is, go back and believe that Shu Yisbarach Shemei Atfila wants to hear wants to hear Atfila. So I think that's I think that's proud in the Ramban. And in, in life, there's so many there's so many situations where the Nakuda of the, in the whole picture, when you look at it, there's a whole story here. The main Nakuda was to face the issue. That's really the mistakes that were made and how I got into this. Yeah. It's a side point. Is that when you have an opportunity to face the issue. In a marriage, whatever happened, that what, what went wrong is that we weren't willing to face the issue when it came up. We let it sit, and then it, it's not what went wrong, it's not what happened later. It's the fact that we had an opportunity to work it through, and we, we, we blew it. The Rebbeinu Shalom always wants to hear from us. And it's not simple, like if it has to be a mitzvah say, it's not simple to have that amuna that the Rebbeinu Shalom always wants to, wants to hear from us. We should be zeich. I think it's a little, it's a little of exactly what we're dealing now. I talk about being in the middle of Gaulus and Geula and that struggle of I feel forgotten, but no, I'm not forgotten. I have hope. 
That's exactly what this Nakuda is. To have hope when everything is amazing is easy. Okay, Hashem is getting a chef, everything's coming, big deal. That's not, that's not, that, that doesn't tell you anything about a marriage, about a partnership. Everything's going well. You can't tell if there's commitment. It's just good times. The real relationship that you can see that if there's commitment here, if this is something that's going to last forever, is when something comes up and there's, that, there's a choice. Should I just pull back, go into my cave, not say anything, just let the anger fester inside and create walls? Or do I, I know? I go back. I'm committed. I'm going to talk this through. I'm not going to let it. I'm not going to let it hurt me. I'm not going to let it. I'm not going to let it get in the way. We should be to have this this feeling. It's always easier if the rabbi Shimon come to us and say, "I want to hear from you." It would be much. It would be much easier. But if the rabbi Shimon does tell us this. That's what this mitzvah I say tells us. It tells us even in the worst case, I want to hear from you. We should be to always have this feeling deep. This commitment that the Rabbeinu Shalom wants to hear from me. And because of that, I will always turn to him, no matter how difficult the situation is. Thank you, Rabbi. You have been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shiurim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including Mara Mekaymas on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427 or email info at shasilluminated.org.